0: Welcome to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gehring.
1: Whoa, I'm Bobby Howe, but who are you? I don't I remember you.
0: It's been so long.
1: I know. It's well, been like six weeks, I think eight weeks, something it, like that, because you missed been three a episodes in a row.
0: I know. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, we, we did the recharge thing, which of course you recorded like three episodes there, and I had some great guests that were able to stand in for me uh that actually you had to chase around and find uh (laughs) so here's the deal i got sicker than a dog the uh day before recharge um the night before recharge it was not a lot of fun um and i don't really know exactly what happened i think that i must have eaten something because nobody around me got sick uh not the first time that's happened uh but it was uh not not a lot of fun for me uh so I missed multiple months worth of podcasts,
1: which is funny because like it really was just one day you were sick, but it seems like continued for a period of time. Well, Alex still isn't here. Well, it's just because it's 30 minutes later than when we recorded the last podcast. So just to be clear, we were taking advantage of having national speakers in town and getting those recorded. So, but which was exciting. It's good to see you.
0: I'm glad to be here and so uh, we've got I have news to share and that's that, uh, and I think you guys both already knew this, but it's been two months uh, since I've been on the podcast and Sarah and I are having another kid. Yay so number three it's expensive. But I hear after two,
1: you really don't notice the expense anymore. That just, that just, it's already added into everything else you're buying. So
2: it's fine. Yeah. The,
0: the, those people aren't still paying for the childcare then because oh. uh, I'm paying like childcare. twice my mortgage in childcare. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, which is fine. It's, it's all good and it's worth it. Charlie had like her, uh, her preschool graduation. Um, and you know because childcare is so expensive, mm-hmm. uh, Sarah and I have been exploring um, other other things. You know, when we did the math, Charlie's obviously going to go to public school. Thank God. Uh, but then we started doing the uh, the math uh, for the uh, other two. So we're going to have a one year old and an infant in childcare at the same time. It's going to be thirty seven hundred dollars a month. Okay, oh, so thirty seven hundred dollars a month in in childcare. And so Sarah and I are like, okay, we are going to find a- an alternative, um, and we found one. I'm not going to go into detail because I don't want to name any any particular companies, but we found one, and uh, I got really excited because it was a lot cheaper. Yeah. And we're walking through, and I'm like, okay, I mean, it's not as nice, but uh, it's it's all right. And for the, uh, I like the location. The location was nice. It's very convenient for me. Um, and uh, dug in a little bit deeper, and of course, there are, are countless accusations of uh, negligence and and uh, mistreatment of, of children uh, that have occurred there. <laughs> and it's like to the point where it's been in the news uh, over the last uh, couple of years. And I'm like, oh, so that's why it's so cheap. And then Char- we go to Charlie's preschool graduation, and I'm like, okay, this kid is great. These people love this kid, mm-hmm. and she's happy when I drop her off. She's happy when I pick her up. And you can't really put a price on that sarah makes too much money to to stay at home uh, with the kids that doesn't so we're in this like weird uh deal where it doesn't make any sense for her to just like just stay home that doesn't actually do anything for us financially Mm -hmm. um and so we're just going to keep on paying for a really expensive childcare. so that's the deal they might not be able to go to college but they get to go to montessori preschool
1: but at least you have one rolling out as you're gonna have one rolling in. So at least yeah, you can have all three in at the same time. I'm that's trying. That's true,
0: but infants are a lot more expensive oh, than I'm, five yeah. year olds.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I I remember those days. And see, there's a reason I had one.
0: <laughs> oh. t- and I know. I was an only child and
1: yeah, yeah no, I, I didn't ever, want that, to have, have I my ever child. Told
0: the story about why we decided to have more kids? No, I don't think so. Did you like children? Well, I, I mean, they're fine. I actually didn't like ever have a thing where like I just loved kids. Uh, I mean, I taught and like we run a youth theater and all that stuff. So I don't want to sound like I don't like kids, but uh, it, it, it wasn't ever a thing where I, I envisioned myself having just a ton of children. Um, in fact, I really enjoyed being an only child. Uh, and so I kind of was like, I'm not going to have kids. I didn't, I didn't I'm not going to have more than one. Like yeah. I, I loved not having to share anything you know, I love all the, all the attention and, and, you know, all the, every, every other benefit that comes with being an only child. You're speaking uh, right
1: to my soul. That's me. That was, that's, that's me.
0: Oh, it was, it was beautiful being an only child. I, I went to, um, I'm trying to decide if I actually want to tell this story or not, but now I'm too far down. Cause I get, I get slightly emotional about it, but, um, oh. I went to, uh, one of my agents, uh, uh, one of my agents lost uh, her mom uh, and then lost her dad uh, two days later. Um, so just kind of right within the uh, same period of time. And this is about seven years ago. Um, and uh, I went and uh, the I saw... Uh, yeah, guy, I hate this. Sorry. I why did I decide to tell this story? But anyway, I went and I uh, went to the funeral. It was a funeral for both and uh, I saw her um her and her siblings banding together and supporting each other in that moment and I was like, "Oh my gosh." Um and I started thinking about what that was going to be like um as an only child and I'm like, "I I want uh want my kids to have, uh, somebody there to support them. Not that I wouldn't have Sarah, not that I won't have Sarah, but it just was like, in that moment, I'm like, I want to have more than one kid. Then I went home and told Sarah that, and she's like, Okay. Like, uh, that's a great thing for you to, Oh, Oh, (laughs) Oh, you just decided that's how it's going to be spiritually awakened now. And now you have to have more than one child. Like that's a really great thing for you to just throw on me since I'm the one that has to, you know, grow the babies. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that was the. That was the uh, rationale. I don't know if it's it's even a sensible rationale, but it is what kind of like started me in changing the way that I thought about having children. So, well, now that I've made myself like teary, I guess, uh, Bobby, what's going on in your life? How are you doing?
1: Well, it's been, it's been a thing. So I had posted recently on Facebook that I was putting three new decks on my house. Um, we, we bid this out a while back because two of the decks were basically falling off of the house. There was big holes like you couldn't go out on them at all. The third deck was missing from the house. So we set aside some money to do this. What we didn't know was at the time we finally got it, you know, the, the construction started is that two of the four HVACs went out, dishwasher went out and a hot water heater went out. And the guy finally came back to remediate bats in our house. So oh. um, yeah, so right before you got onto the podcast today, um, the city inspector showed up to tell me, hey, your deck is approved. You can We can take you off the list. But the other side of that is we woke up uh, Sunday night at 11.57 PM, almost basically midnight Monday morning um, to a sound in my bedroom of, and I knocked Ryan and I go, there's a knock in our house or a tick. I don't know what it is. Go find it. He starts like, you know, looking around the house and he follows the sound. It was the, uh, <laughs> it was water dripping onto the bookcases next to the chimney in our master oh. bathroom. Our roof was leaking. And so now I have roofers up on my roof right now, as we're speaking, looking at my roof. It's fine. Wow. <laughs> Buy a house. They say it's a great investment. <laughs> <laughs> and it is just not when everything happens at the exact same time
0: oh man i'm also I'm,
1: i am scared that our conversations today have scared amber from a ever having children and b ever buying a house so
0: yeah. oh well both are fun both are fun things well hey uh, you know it's been a little while since i've been on here but there was a thing that we uh, used to do I, I don't know if it's still a thing is it a is it, do you do a book bit still? I, I always oh, I do a bit those. about
1: books. Yes, I do actually do a Bobby's book bit, I think is its actual name. Crazy, Was there a
0: song or something?
1: I wouldn't remember it. You probably would. Maybe go
0: like, do, 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 Bobby's book bit.
1: Casey. Right here. Oh, I
0: like that. Yeah, I, I remember that part <laughs> of it too. I think it's
1: natural. Yeah. Nice. I like it. All right. So I got a book for you today. It's a popular book. Alex may have read this book, but if not, I know he has heard of it. And it's the book Born to Run, which is not about running by Zig Ziglar. I know you've heard of Zig Ziglar. So yes. Okay. So uh, Born to Run um, explores planning and preparation, how it's the only way that you can truly win in life. And it gives you um, some details that the strategy of greatness in your life comes down to three simple steps, planning to win, preparing to win, and then expecting to win. And we always talk about how powerful our brain is. And this book really goes into the power of, you know, your brain and positive thinking. So there's three life lessons in the book. The first lesson is, oh, I forgot my favorite quote. Sorry, my favorite quote in the book by Zig Ziglar, good action today will produce good living tomorrow. Um, And that. It all goes back to preparation, planning, and expectations. So the first lesson in the book is winning starts as soon as you have a vision and you really want to make it happen. What separates a star athlete from the rest of the team is their desire and mostly their desire to win. Desire is the thing that motivates winners to work hard so that they can win. And desire leads to two important qualities that help keep you chasing your vision. And that's commitment and perseverance. And commitment keeps you consistent and keeps you focused while perseverance keeps you going even when things are really, really hard. The second lesson in the book is outlining your goals and seeking good advice. And it talks about goals are important because they give you direction and it helps you save time and effort. But that a goal has to be very specific. You just can't say I want to make more money. You need to. Your goal needs to be I want to make twenty percent more. Some specific thing that you can work for. I and mean, we always talk about smart goals: specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. That's how your goals should really look. Um, and then it talks about the fact that you need to rep, uh, recognize that there may be obstacles that get in your way. And if you can go ahead and visualize what those obstacles might be. That you can go ahead and work around them knowing they might get in their way. When I start coaching with any new client, one of the questions that I ask them after I ask them their goals is Is there anything that might get in your way? If so, what is it? We go ahead and talk about what those obstacles are because that's really important process to achieving big things. And then the third life lesson is to take time to care for every part of yourself. And then you can expect to win. So this part of the book talks about um the mind body spiritual whole self that we all are and that's the main thing that separates winners from losers is expectations of them and their life and if you want to expect to win you have to start by having a commitment to improving your mind your body and your spirit and so it talks about you can uh, nurture your mind by learning to think in new ways I'm always trying to learn new things, whether it's from reading, observing, or talking to knowledgeable people, and then applying what you learn to solve problems. And then it talks about nurturing your body, which makes sure that you're in good physical shape because when you're physically healthy, you'll do your best work and make success much more likely. And then finally, most importantly, and I think this is a thing people forget sometimes is your spirit also needs nurturing. Your spirit is what distinguishes humans from other life forms on earth. And too often, we don't give enough attention to our spiritual, mental, emotional self. And so that is my book bit, Born to Run by Zig Ziglar.
0: Good stuff, Bobby.
1: That's <laughs> good stuff. Should well, we go? Have we talked about our guests who we're we bringing on today?
0: We haven't.
1: <laughs> okay. that's. We probably should talk about who we're going to talk about today. So I am so excited today because we are bringing on a husband and wife team from Lake of the Ozarks. Jeff and Melissa, a.k.a. Mel, we're going to call her Mel the entire time, Krantz, and they have were recently recognized, and this is not the first time they've been recognized with this, but again this year, they are the number one team in the world in a small market, meaning they're not in New York City, they're at Lake of the Ozarks, but they are the number one team in the entire world, and they just have so much personality, I just, I can't wait to bring them on our
3: podcast. We should probably go get them.
0: So excited to learn from them. Let's go.
3: Producer Amber here. We're going to get right back to the show shortly, but first, I just wanted to give a quick plug for KCRAR's Young Professionals Network, which we often refer to as YPNKC, and how you can get involved in that. So we have events throughout the year, and the best way that you can keep plugged in to what is going on is by following us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash YPNKC. So if you're listening to this in real time, it's coming out May 31st, 2023, then I want to tell you about our upcoming event, which is a Battle of the Bands fundraiser. For habitat for humanity of kansas city it's happening on june 7th at vivo live in overland park kansas and we are going to have bands with uh tour members industry partner members they're all going to be coming together to compete for the cause and you are going to get to select the winner based on your donations so i encourage everyone to come out to that event and if you're listening to this later on in life from the future. Um, Well, hello from the past. Just kidding. We have tons of events that are coming up. So just keep plugged in to that Facebook page. And that is how you can get involved with KCRAR's Young Professionals Network. Okay, back to the show.
0: Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gehring. And uh, during the break, uh, Bobby got a call from school and uh, Alex has a 102 degree fever. Uh, so Bobby needs to go and pick him up. She's going to be back with us. But in the meantime, I have Jeff and Mel Krantz here with me. And did I say the right? Is it Krantz? It is. Awesome. All right. I nailed it. I've got a weird name that has an O and an E in the middle of it. Nobody ever gets it right. And so I see Krantz and I'm like, was it Krantz or is it Kranz? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and people call me goring all day long. And this is kind of fun for me because I don't know you guys at all. Uh, and so I get to ask you to tell me about yourselves. Uh, here's what I know about you. Here's what Bobby's told me. You are the number one team in a small market globally is that accurate
4: crazy but
0: that's exciting that's amazing so we we need to know about you i gotta know how this (laughs) happens tell me a little bit about how you guys got started
4: okay so um so yeah so so first of all we're super fortunate we've just got a great office full of great people and 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 we're also located at like the ozarks which is a pretty cool market in itself um so that you know that helps out um, more than anything. Uh, we got started. We we've been with Remax since 1998. I was licensed in '94 with a small company. Um, Mel was going to school. What were you going to school for? I was going to be a teacher. Going to be a teacher. Bounced around. She watched me struggle in real estate for a bit. And every time the Remax office here would try to recruit me, I would throw the letter in the trash. She would pull it out <laughs> of the trash. She would be like. You need to read this. I'm like, no, those people are mean. They eat their young. But anyway, um, she got me to pay attention, and uh, we we took a meeting with the broker owner at that time. Joined the office in '98. Mel came aboard that year, and we've never looked back. So we were very fortunate to be surrounded by great, a great broker and great agents, and they kind of we went from a. We went from just us as single agents to building a team to making literally every mistake a team could make mm.
0: um,
4: in those first four or five years. Um, hiring a coach for a long time, and then you know, growing into um, growing into being part owners in the in the um, brokerage itself. So, been quite a run. What can you add to that, Mel?
2: Well, when you came in 1998, I was actually his administrative assistant, and that lasted what two months?
4: It didn't work. No, I tried to fire her, but she. When you fire, when you say you're fired, and then the person looks at you and say, says, "I'm not leaving." What do you do? And you're married to him too. I mean, that's that's a challenge.
2: I had never been fired from any position. And I said, no, I, you can't fire me now. You need me. You just don't realize how much you need me. And I said, so therefore, I'm going to go ahead and get my license because I'm watching you do this. So I'm just I'm going full speed. And I'm not going to be a teacher. I'm just going to do this. And then we just we went hired our first agent two months after that and just wow. started growing. And yes, we made a lot of mistakes along the way.
4: Growth without development is a bad thing. So and we, so
0: many questions. That's a that's a great spot. I've got two things. Number okay. one, my my wife got her license about a year after I got mine, and uh, we also lasted about two months before we realized that the arrangement ne- wasn't necessarily going to work. She actually went back to working uh, for the school. Uh, for <laughs> <laughs>
2: so
0: we we just we didn't she didn't stick around. She let her license go. Uh, so, uh, so I did not fire her. It just wasn't going to work. Uh, but do talk to us a little bit about that dynamic. So, so working together, um, and then also living together, how do you make sure that you're not taking your work home with you every day, or do you go ahead and take your work home with you every day? I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but I'm curious what you guys do and what your philosophy is on that.
4: Well, we're different personalities too. So I, my, I can turn my switch off and, and Mel can't. Is that right? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that causes an issue, you know, when you, when you work all day and then the phone doesn't stop ringing and, and you've got one person that wants to really have your attention and not be talking about it 24-7 and the other person loves it so much that they're talking about 24 seven. It's not intentional that, that an issue is caused, but it does. And then we had some serious, I mean, we're both really, really type a um, in the disc profile. We're off the chart D's and I's. And so at work in front of a team, those early years, we would bang, like right in the middle of a meeting. (laughs) And I felt like my agenda was most important. And I was, I was due to make the decisions and, and Mel was probably a little bit more diplomatic than I was, but I just did not realize what how negative and how detrimental that that was. Um, and it took a it took a coach. We uh, we ended up with a coach for he worked with us for five years, probably from 2002 to 2007. And I, I think I think not only did he save our business, but he saved our marriage. Is that fair? Wow.
2: Oh, very much so, because when we started working together, I am a different person at home in a way. I am more of your S personality at home. So when he came to work or I came to work for him and I'm this over the chart D and I, he kind of said, who are you? I mean, I'm highly competitive and I'm going to just mow you right over. But at home, I will cook dinner for you. I want to make sure you're happy. The children are happy. And he's like, what is going on here? So yeah, the, the count. When we hired our coach, we hired him because we wanted him to fix all the agents and staff.
4: Or like, What's <laughs> fix wrong those, with other, that? People. Something he, those yeah. other people. Some wrong those other people.
2: And he looked at us. He goes, "It's the two of you." And I'm like, "Us?" What
0: they all have two on? dominant influencers to look at, and I mean that's that's difficult. Right. I, I can see where that's hard. Well, so, so let's
4: go ahead. So real quick, what he did was that that I think was really good for us is is helped us to be uh, independently charged of our own roles inside this team. So we both were able to have job descriptions, so to speak. And, and today when we are lucky enough to, to help an agent develop a team or a couple grow into a team even if it's two, even if it's couple working as a primary, you know, they're gonna, just the two of them are gonna work and they don't have intentions of growing it's still important that each person owns their own role and the, that, that in itself with us, that and understanding personalities and just creating boundaries. I mean, he was, he, he was very helpful with our whole team from that standpoint. Look, who's here. Oh, it's Bobby. Sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry,
2: I was trying
1: to interrupt, but I can't not interrupt.
0: So I'm curious, guys, where your roles ended up landing and how did all of that work with your coach? What, how did you decide to uh, disperse duties like that?
4: So it started with um, specifics. I mean, we were, when I say we were a train wreck, we were really, really a train wreck. I mean, we were, I think we were good at, at, at listing. We were good at selling. We were definitely terrible at leading. Um, didn't even understand it. So, so when he came in, we hired him to fix them, like we, like we talked about, because they, they had to be, it had to be them, not us. Mm-hmm. He immediately said, look, it's about you two. You're, you're the problems. And so, but we had a hard time. For, first of all, we were, we were uh, not very organized. We would not, we would not reduce things to writing like we should. Uh, we would not listen to our own broker and create a business plan. Um, so he helped demonstrate, and I mean, he led our co- that coach led through uh, demonstration. He was right in there with us. We he forced us to create a mission, mission and vision statement. He 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 literally hand in hand helped us write business plans. He he helped us create a system for literally implementing ideas. Like when we came back from a convention, we would have 20 pages of notes. We would get so excited. We would drive everybody in the office absolutely crazy. And a month later, we had not implemented anything differently. He created a, a system where it was a, a OD group, organizational development group, where we had, you know, we had to be, we had to prioritize if we had ten ideas, it had to go to three ideas, which had to go to one idea, and until the one idea was implemented, we couldn't go to idea number two. So it was a for us crazy salespeople. It was it was thinking like a business owner, treating it like a business, and then understanding if she you know if, if Amber has a S type personality and Alex has a C type personality, what How does Amber want to be treated by Alex and how does Alex respond when when Amber wants something from Alex? Had no idea of any of that. Never saw any of it. And it took him a long time. I mean, none of this happened overnight, but incrementally our relationship got better. Our our team atmosphere, our culture got better. Everybody felt heard. Everybody had a place. I mean, it it was crazy good for us.
2: No, I would agree. And he even helped us with our home life. Because when we started, we only had one child and then we had two more through this. So how do we interact with your children? You know, we are both high personalities. We had a sign on our garage door when you walked in that said, bring energy home. Because we were so consumed with everything. We were like, these little creatures we're raising, we're missing out on this because we're over here trying to do real estate. So we had to combine everything to have harmony that's what we had to create because it was chaotic
4: it, it was go ahead bobby so no, i was gonna
1: say so you talked about whenever you first hired this coach that they were the problem and then you realized you were taylor swift and it was me i'm the problem <laughs> it is i i'm always taylor swift in my house it's me i'm the problem it's, it's that's normal um how hard was it for you to buy in that and truly listen to your coach and take his advice that you were the problem and the way that you were leading your people, not on the right, how hard was it for you to get that buy-in and then realize this is what I need to do? Because that's the struggle I see is it's not me.
4: Here's the deal. We, our egos were out of control. Yeah. So we had, we had this thing that was, that was volume wise, you know, we would lead with, we've sold so much volume. And I mean, what, what nobody knew is we weren't keeping any of that money. Mm -hmm. So we were selling a lot, keeping none, but yet I was carrying this ego around that was bigger than the room. Frank was a great influence from a broker standpoint, but we would hide the real us to him. I would. So this coach, when this coach came in, it didn't i i don't remember mel how long did it take him before we had to sit down that's what i want to tell him about the sit down oh the sit down
2: meeting oh. yeah
4: but was that months it's, like a couple months maybe
2: it was after he interviewed everyone on our team about mm-hmm. us and that's mm-hmm. when he came back and it was the two of us i'd say within the first two weeks he made us sit down in the conference room and have yeah. that part well no ask. no no he took us off site remember oh yeah that is right yeah
4: So he took us off site and he took the two and he said he I think we went like to a restaurant or something. He sat down with us and he said. um, I wanted to bring you guys here because one of three things is going to happen. Number one, I'm going to tell you what I'm about to tell you and you're going to fire me and we're going to part ways. And that's okay. That's probably what's likely to happen. Number two, you, you know, I can't remember how he said this part, but he, he, I think he said, um, uh, we're going to try to, we're going to try to correct this and you can stay with me and you guys might get divorced. Our number three, you're going to hire me. You're going to be open to hearing what I have to say to hearing what others are saying and to looking in the mirror. And this can work. I mean, it was like But looking back, he had to shock us to get through our weed and never listen, ever. It's like you putting out, it's it's just like, and by the way, no throwing stones, I haven't responded to you, but you put out an offer for free coaching, Mm -hmm. you, Dennis, Steve, we're taking you up on that. We haven't responded yet, Mm -hmm. but it was just the same because our broker would offer that stuff all the time, but it would just... Right over the head because it's too busy, too important, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, but he, he shocked us big time.
2: He shocked me more when he said, "Or oh, you're getting divorced. And I mean, I, I was teared up. I said, you don't understand. We love each other. We, are, we have these beautiful children. I, I, you know, I, I don't want that. So I will. What do, you, what do we have to do? Because mm-hmm. we've built this great family and this is going to tear us apart. And that's not worth it. You know, it even went through my head, like, okay, well, then I'll get out. But then I thought, my God, I love this. I don't want to quit. I'm I'm good at this. I want to be involved. But we were going to just destroy each other. I'm like, this isn't fun anymore. I want to come to work where I'm happy. I'm excited. And when we walk in the door. I want to have this amazing family and this life. So whatever you tell us to do, we're going to do. I mean, it he is. put us in. Counseling, did, we had to it do it,
4: everything. Seriously, individually and mm-hmm. and um, he he was a business development coach, he was not a sales coach. And 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 at, at the time where we were, man, that's what we needed. We needed to understand that this thing was not about getting a listing or representing a buyer, it was about much, much more. So mm-hmm.
1: well, and that's the biggest thing that I've seen. Um, is the different structures of teams and how not often that they're structured properly from the beginning, Mm -hmm. especially when you involve families, whether it's husbands and wives, whether we're children with a parent, whatever it is, because you're just used to your roles in the family and think that we can just supplement those into real estate. And when we get into real estate and we get into business and everyone's wearing the exact same hat, you start to end up with these issues. So, a, it sucks that you had to go through that, but at least in my opinion, looking in at you now and just seeing some of the other people that have bought into it, it's made them so much stronger and better than they even knew they ever could be in their personal relationships, which then make the business relationship that much better. You know, you're talking about, i not like, maybe I'd have to leave, but I love this. So what are some of the lasting... um Lessons you've taken away from this, and how do you now, when you bring on new people to your team, which I don't know how often you bring on someone new to your team, do you get them bought into the vision of where the team is going? And how long do you give them to get bought in? Because sometimes we bring in people, we think they're bought into our vision, and then we discover they have totally different ideas than we do. So you
2: need to go on. I think for us, what we had to learn was ultimate trust and respect. Because when you are you know, the two leaders, you know, that kind of look at us like mom and dad. We found we would get played a lot. You know, I'll go ask mom. She said, no, well, dad will say yes. So we had to get to the point to where if he makes a decision, I'm backing it 100%, just like you do with your own children. You know, this is how we're leading. This is our goal. And if somebody makes a call, even if I would have done it differently, Jeff has my ultimate respect and we're going that route. And he'll back me up exactly the same way. But we have, I think our ethics are very high, our morals are high. We're gonna look at your character, and if that doesn't fit, we're very slow to hire now, very quick to fire. Mm -hmm. I mean, it will take a long betting process, and we will give people chances, but they have got to buy into our vision and our beliefs. Because if they're not there, it's just not going to work. And we know that now.
0: How long did it take you to learn that lesson? Because I think that we still have plenty of people in our marketplace who just, they accumulate agents and that's what they focus on. So w- what taught you that? You said, we know that now. What made you know that?
4: I don't know that we've got it figured out. Um, I think that that we we want to have it figured out. But I, I personally feel like that that interviewing is is really challenging it is. um and and uh, so constantly trying to get get better at that but um you know there's a fine line between not being scared of growth and and then um and and realizing that growth without development is not healthy so we um uh, we feel a deep responsibility for anybody that comes on this team or comes into this brokerage. It doesn't matter if they're a primary agent, a team member or an administrative professional. Um, if you, if we think that it's a win-win, like Mel said, we're going to, we're going to go through a vetting process. We're going to do a personality profile. We're going to take our time in the front end. We hear team leaders all the time say, well, I, I I'd rather, I'd rather bring an agent on. There's no cost associated with an agent. And I'm like, you don't know how much it's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. that, I would rather you not. <laughs> but um, but so, so I am with Mel as far as being slow. But at the same time, you can't be afraid to try. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're going to make mistakes and it's okay. But you put as many processes in place to avoid the easily recognizable scenarios that create uh, a lack of a match, and and you can you can you can have that list that's going to check most of those boxes. If you Alex, if you were to come here and just interview, uh, like Jason and I are the ones that that handle most. Jason, I and Kaylin handle most of the, the uh, initial conversations with a prospect for the company. So if you were to come in and you were new to the real estate industry, when you walked away from that meeting, you would either be, you would either say, wow, I really understand what it's going to take. Or you'd be like, I'm scared to death. I'm not going back there again, because we are going to tell you exactly what you have to do to, to, to survive the first three months, to survive the first six months, and we're going to tell you that you're not likely, the, the majority of your income, the first year is come in the last six months. And this business gives you back what you put in. So, I mean, lots of people walk away and they end up popping up in another company. And that is totally fine with us because we don't want anybody to come aboard for any reason that they can look back and say, man, I wish they'd have told me the truth. That is not going to happen it's even worse on our team. We don't want to be, we specifically, Mel and I, we don't want to be looked at by the other agents in our company and thought of as competitors. Mm -hmm. So we make it extra hard to come aboard our team. Number one, we won't hire you if you're on a recruiting list from a company. Mm -hmm. So you got to be outside. You got to be somebody that we brought in, but then when you come in, you're not getting on the floor schedule until you have so many, so many, um, listings or so many sales and we do that because you've got to earn your way into the team and and we'll tell you how to make it how to make it work just show up earlier and leave later than anybody else because constantly we're looking for coverage and nobody's here so you can make it work and we'll tell you how to generate leads for yourself but we never want to inadvertently set up an expectation that creates some sense of entitlement that Hey, I'm the team leader, I'm going to give you all these leads. That is a recipe for disaster. And we, we try to work with our team leaders to start out right. I mean, I, I know I went crazy on that answer. I'm sorry. No, but it's a good it's all about it's a, starting out right. That's right.
0: I mean, I think we all feel that, especially in the current market. There were plenty of people mm-hmm. that have gotten in in the last couple of years who got in an unhealthy time, really, to be in the uh, to get started in this business. And and I mean, we have to get back to real sales skills, and you have to grind. And if you you're hit not the nail on the head, in that, the
4: last in the last couple of weeks, I have had conversations with agents not within our brokerage, and conversations with team members within our brokerage, and they start out, they're like. My company or my team is not doing anything for me. And I'm like, oh, so tough. so what does that mean? Well, I'm not getting any leads. You're not getting, you're not getting any leads. Well, what are you doing to generate leads? And then I mean, we mm-hmm. <laughs> we slowly circle back and I try to keep a poker face so they don't see what I'm really thinking, but but you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, and sometimes it's not their fault. Sometimes they were set up with unrealistic expectations right. and they've been riding this, uh, this crazy train for this. You know, if I don't do a good job, it's okay. Somebody else is coming along. That was bad. That was bad. Well,
2: I so, think it's been unrealistic. You didn't have to deal with interest rates that were over 3%. You know, you didn't have to deal with negotiations on inspections. The seller typically said, forget it. I've got four people behind you that will take it. So they're having to learn to negotiate, deal with people. I'm Based like, hang in there. Problem solving even. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, and I'll, we'll talk to the agent. So I'm like, that's the only objective? Really? We can work through that. Let's think about it and not be so bullish because you have to get back to what it was. And your average agent has only been in it maybe five years. Right, They have no clue what to do yet which really isn't part of their fault. You know, and I'm thinking, did I tell you that the septic's going to fail? It's ugly. We'll get you through it, but that's okay.
4: So man, is there a silver lining in every um, challenge? There's opportunity in every market. And I think this one specifically for the agents who are willing to do it is humongous.
1: Now is the time where if you put in the effort and the energy, you will take market share and you'll never go backwards. As long as you just keep pushing forward. This is that, Mm -hmm. this is that opportune time that we look forward to growing our business, but too many people are scarcity based and like, well, there's no business out there. I might as well just give up. There is business. You just have to go find it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. We had a, a team leader meeting yesterday and, and, um, uh, one thing we talked about a lot, because this kind of dawned on me, you know, we, we or I had, I, I kind of had to remember that, that you know, leading agents to take the steps that they want starts with us. So, so you want an agent to do a a, a video um, that that they can use to help them with uh, buyer follow up or an internet lead or whatever you got to do that video first. Yeah. So leading to, to get agents to take action or to understand that it's okay to do something like that starts with us. So mm-hmm. that, that has been a, a good reminder because we, you know, frankly, we haven't had to do it for the last three or four, four years either. So.
1: Well, so. and when I was running and we're getting close on the end of time. So Alex, if you have a super important question, but I, I what you just said reminded me of something is that when I took over running my large office of 300 to 500 agents during that time someone once said to me that essentially I was the largest team leader in the office the things that I did was modeling down to our agents the things they should be doing in their business so if I'm not out recruiting and growing the office they're not going to be out lead generating and growing their business and it's right. the same concept over and over again and I think sometimes in as leadership we forget that we are, just like parents, we're modeling that behavior we want to see from those, I don't say those below us, but those who look up to us essentially. Yes. All right. My last question that I ask every guest is what else? What else should we be talking about? What else do you want our listeners to know?
2: Mel wants to tell a crazy story. I'm okay with that too. Just whatever it is. I think one thing is you've got to have big goals. You know, in this business, there is no ceiling. You can create this amazing life for yourself because we're full of opportunities every day. And I think what makes me sad sometimes is that people won't have enough belief in themselves to go for it. You know, I'm always like, I see more in you than you see in yourself. Mm -hmm. So get out there, you know, get a little fire under you and go for it. Because it's a great career and a life you can make in real estate. I truly believe it. Yeah. I, I say would, the
1: same thing all the time. Sorry, Jeff. I didn't mean to cut you off. No. I'll let you come back. But I say, I believe in you more than you believe in yourself all the time, all the time.
4: So I would piggyback that with, um, um, don't forget to have fun. I, 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 for many years, I, I cause I so much the D and so wanting to prove myself and, And, um, you know, constantly striving, you can, you can um, inadvertently be too, too serious as well. Mm -hmm. So don't, you know, the team leaders, the brokers, the agents, all of us can get a little, you know, we've got to reward ourselves with loving what we do, loving the people around us, having a great time constantly. (laughs) I mean, there's no, that is as valuable as anything else too. So I love it.
1: Well, thank you for your guys's time today. Um, we really appreciate having you as guests and maybe we'll find another opportunity to bring you back another time. Well, thank you guys.
4: Thank you guys. We really appreciate it. This is fun for us. So yeah. we really it's fun
1: p- for us too. All right. Should good, we give them video. an
4: opportunity to plug their podcasts as well.
1: Yes. Would you like to plug your own podcast? Cause yeah. it's a great podcast, by the way. Not that I'm biased. Oh my
4: gosh. Grow, Thrive, Inspire. That's the name of our podcast. And, and we uh, were lucky enough to have like a super famous gal on there recently. I think her, I think her name's Bobby. Oh,
1: I thought you were talking about <laughs> Kaylin. I was like, I love Kaylin. She's an amazing host. She's great. Kaylin
4: <laughs> is awesome. And we, honestly, we've had some incredible people on there and, and it's, it's been fun. Six seasons. This is our sixth season. I can't believe it.
1: That's awesome. I love it.